this variant of the virus that is introducing, you know, questions again. Are we going to need lockdowns? What is it going to mean for Christmas? What does it mean for the supply chain? What does it mean for consumer behavior? How many times is Congress going to pass pandemic-related relief for consumers? You know, it's just the unknowns are back. Hi, I'm Daphne Howland. And I'm Ben Unglesby. We're senior reporters with Retail Dive, and this is our podcast where we break down the biggest industry news and trends. And talk about some of the things that don't always make it into our stories. This is The Backroom. Welcome back to another episode of The Back Room. Today we are talking about the Delta variant of COVID-19 um, and the implications for, for the retail industry. Daphne, you wrote about this uh, recently, taking a broad look at, at how retailers might be affected, especially at this crucial moment where they're trying to recover from last year and the impact that the pandemic had on, on sales. What does the Delta variant mean for, for retail? Is it gonna slow down the recovery? The thing about Delta is that the answer is sort of contained within itself. We're not really sure what it all means. We're not really sure about this trajectory. And and that was one of the biggest problems about last year is just uncertainty is such a bad thing for retail, for consumers. How do you plan short-term things, long-term things, medium-term things? I mean, uncertainty is just is just such a problem unto itself. And that's, I feel like, is the number one thing that Delta is reintroducing. This is what's showing up in the analyst notes about consumer confidence. Retail CEOs are talking about the Delta again and what steps they're taking. They're having to reassure customers about the cleanliness of their stores. There are areas reinstituting mask mandates. There are renewed fights over whether or not there should be mask mandates. Now it also means vaccine mandates. I feel like there was a month or two or something, maybe the beginning of the summer, end of the spring, where we had maybe it's felt a little bit like we'd turned the page on the pandemic. No one wanted to say that it was over. We knew it wasn't over. We knew that there were many parts of the world that needed vaccines really badly. But now we're seeing that it's even beyond that. There's actually this variant of the virus that is introducing, you know, questions again. Are we going to need lockdowns? What is it going to mean for Christmas? What does it mean for the supply chain? What does it mean for consumer behavior? How many times is Congress going to pass pandemic-related relief for consumers? You know, it's just the unknowns are back. One of the things that I've been thinking about, and we've been thinking about this all year, about how individual categories respond to, to different changes in, in the economy, in, in the pandemic, in consumer responses to the pandemic. And if we go into more of a pandemic mindset, is it going to, you know, I, I've been wondering, is it going to play out the same way that it did last year where, you know, apparel drops because nobody's doing anything anymore, going into the office, home goods do well, home improvement does well, sporting goods do well, toys do well. Is it just going to be a repeat of the trends or is is the dynamic and the calculus more complicated this time? I think it's more complicated because it's just so much more choppy. 
it's like in some areas of the country where the Delta virus is really taking a toll and, and seems to be getting pretty dangerous, hospitalizations are up, really maxing out hospitals and local resources and stuff are also the places where you might have the worst levels of, you know, anti-vaccine sentiment or controversies around wearing masks, those things that would actually make a difference in combating the Delta variant or, you know, the virus just more generally. Just long way of saying last year, weddings were canceled, events were canceled, you know, you saw some people gathering in groups, but for the most part, really, that wasn't happening. Now, I think you have some people are being really cautious. Some of those people never stopped being cautious, but some people are going back to being cautious. And then you have people who are just done. The interesting thing about it is, and maybe even a little bit scary or nerve wracking thing about it, is that we don't know which groups are going to affect things the most, you know, is the return to big gatherings and the failure to institute vaccination rates and all this stuff, is that going to mean that the Delta variant wins? And then it's just, you know, it's, it's so different from last year when by and large, everyone was on the same page. Even with the controversies, it felt like there was just sort of a tipping point of caution and care and new habits and new practices. And I just think right now, it's just all over the map and all over the map, literally and figuratively, you know? I think there is just a lot of fatigue out there, especially when you had a moment of optimism that was kind of countrywide as much as anything is. You mentioned uncertainty and there was there was a lot of uncertainty. I mean, uncertainty is just that. You don't know which way something is going to play out. You know, when we were talking about the holidays around this time last year, we had no way of knowing how things were going to play out. There was a gathering consensus among scientists that we were headed in for a, a, a tough COVID season, which the country had. Retailers were and forecasters were, um, you know, hedging all of their bets when it came to holiday expectations. And then what we actually saw was retail did pretty well as a whole, which that glosses over a lot of variations by categories and by retailers. But we had a pretty good holiday season, all said and done. And part of that, I think, was probably diverted spending from travel and experiences, which kind of helped retail sales through the whole year. So are you hearing anything? And are people talking about earnings calls uh, that you've been listening in on about shifts in spending? Like, will Delta put an end to more travel and restaurants and, and that is spending that could end up in retail coffers? This is a really good question. And it's funny because it occurs to me that last year, the uncertainty was pretty much entirely a downer. And it's not like uncertainty now is a good thing. It's just that that glossing over that you're talking about, I think, is definitely happening. There was supposed to be this shift. Um, you know, people are sort of flush with cash, certainly not all people, but between the really good employment rate and the federal relief funds that kind of kept coming in the early part of the year and not having spent as much money as usually happens for a year and a half, a lot of people have a lot more money to spend. So they were spending. They also had clothes to get for the weddings that hadn't happened last year, for the going back to the office. 
here comes the Delta variant, which means, well, maybe I'm not going to eat out in a restaurant. Maybe I'm not going to get onto an airplane. Economists are sort of taking note of a little pullback in services spending, which I think is keeping people buying things when they might have made that switch to services, to eating out, to entertainment, to travel more profoundly. You know, I think a lot of retailers are reporting some really nice quarters. People who sell apparel who haven't been able to sell apparel except at a discount for a really long time. I mean, before the pandemic, it was getting tough to sell clothes, are now really having, I think, a season that they haven't seen in a really long time where people actually want new clothes. So I'm getting the sense that while this all feels like good news, it's really hard to know how lasting that shift is. If if we're talking about a consumer that is interested in clothes for a change, and that's something that's going to last for a few years, or if we're talking about a more temporary shift because of all these other temporary factors like government relief and pandemic problems and where I'm spending my day and stuff like that. I mean, apparel in 2020 was one of the most vulnerable categories of all the categories to the pandemic. You need events and outings and offices to, to sell clothing, we found. But I'm not, I'm not sure to what extent the, the Delta will change that. It seems hard to imagine it can get it would get as bad as the worst parts of, of 2020. You know, human beings are are adaptable, but they also get bored. Hopefully not. But if there's something that resembles the sort of hunkering down that we had to do last year, last year it was about drinking tea, maybe getting yourself a new couch because this is where you were spending, you know, your time 24-7, comfortable clothes, yoga pants and sweats, I don't know. Is that what we're going to do again? Or are we going to find a different way to maybe sit up a little straighter, even though it's our home office? I don't know. I don't know. And nobody does, I don't think. It's like back to that uncertainty. Any sense yet of what Delta means for the malls? Because the malls have been going through a rebound in foot traffic as well over the last couple of months. Is this, does this slow or change that trajectory? I've talked to and and listened to some very ebullient mall REIT CEOs in the past few weeks. I don't know if you encountered a mall or a mall parking lot at all in 2020, but it was a pretty bleak sight, almost dystopian, you know, like this is the world without a mall, you know, middle of the day, empty parking lot. Um, And those are really big parking lots to have zero cars in them. So people are back. But, you know, malls were having trouble well before the pandemic. It used to be that the department stores that anchored malls really brought a lot, so many people to the mall that even though most people didn't buy anything in the other stores at that mall, there were so many people that just some people buying something from those other stores meant a lot of sales. People don't go to department stores, which means people don't go to malls, which means mall traffic and sales are down. That's why everyone's leaving. That's why Gap Inc. stores are leaving. That's why Victoria's Secret stores are leaving. It's why department stores themselves are leaving. So definitely 
there are way more people at malls than there were last year, but malls are signing much shorter leases than they used to. They're agreeing to rent terms that are much different. It used to be at a mall, you you there were leases that could be decades long, actually, depending on who you were. Shorter term leases, rent based on, you know, percentage of sales, which means you have a good month, your rent is higher, but you have a bad month, your rent is lower. That's not the kind of retail model that a mall used to be. It used to be as steady as that low slung building on the landscape, you know, always there, always a full parking lot, always the rents coming in more or less from the same tenants. If you lost a tenant, a new one came in. I think that has fundamentally changed. And I think the question is going to be more, what do you do about a retail model that is disappearing? How does it change? Or or what do you literally do with the acreage? And, you know, some malls more than others, but there are already malls whose loans are greater than the new value of their property. So malls are just handing the keys over to the bank and saying, we're out. A couple of people, when I covered the retail sales for July, mentioned that even with the Delta variant, those worries and maybe the things that go along with it, like worries about consumer confidence or consumer ability, consumer behavior, is that really retail sales are more dependent on inventory and the kinds of troubles that retailers are having with inventory and getting stuff in that they need or or think they can sell is a much bigger problem right now for retailers than even that kind of uncertainty. So that's that's a bigger problem for the holiday probably than the Delta variant, at least immediately. From the supply chain side, that's kind of been the story of the year. It's not it's not demand uncertainty. There's been a lot of demand all year. And the challenges kind of switch to, to the supply of goods because there have been material shortages, commodity shortages. There have been big, horrendous shipping bottlenecks and, and not just the video or the one in the Suez Canal, but in ports in Asia, there's a big lack of capacity on container ships. So people are just trying to move. Well, they're trying to they're trying to get goods, but factories have backlogs and COVID issues too around the world. So they're trying to get goods, and then once you have goods, you you got to move them. And that's been a huge challenge for retailers. And and freight prices have just I mean, in some cases tripled, in some cases well more than tripled. So it's a hit right at the the bottom line if you can even get stuff over. <laughs> I mean, the lucky ones are paying, you know, out of their eyeballs to just to move stuff across the ocean and into their distribution centers. From their point of view, they're not worried about on the supply. The, the supply chain folks aren't so much worried about consumer demand. They have more demand than they than they can meet. They're, they're worried about getting enough supply to meet the demand that they have. And that, I think, is going to shape a lot of the holiday season. Retailers are really going to have to target their marketing strategies and promotions around what they have, as opposed to their biggest uh, traffic getters or, or whatever. So that, that'll that be interesting to see how that plays out. It's not. It, chances are, there's no way it's going to get 
itself fixed by by the end of the year. So it's going to be it's going to be a, a difficult holiday season for for a lot of people, especially the smaller players. The the Walmarts of the world are contracting out their own container ships to to guarantee they have shipments, but with limited capacity that that means other players are going to are going to struggle. I've actually had a couple of stores say to me, you know, oh, no, that's, that's, that's just really been hard to keep in stock and stuff like that. That also kind of reminds me of something else that I'm always a little bit afraid to talk about because it feels like if you talk about it, you can make it come true, which is inflation and just all these kind of added costs. And it's another roller coaster in retail too, because in earnings calls, you'll hear about how they haven't needed discounts because their inventory is so low, so their margins are better. But at the same time, it's costing more to get the supply and the freight costs are up. You know, I think there's that adds to that uncertainty too is just what is inflation? Is it long term, short term? What's going on? If you think about it too much, can you make it happen? <laughs> it's just such a roller coaster right now, I think, all around. Yeah. And when it's just like on the demand side, there's so many countervailing forces. And, um, yeah, once again, I think the word of the year is uncertainty, but it, it doesn't seem as kind of a quite as dark of an uncertainty as we, we were looking at last year. Maybe it's, you know, the kind of uncertainty you get from whitewater rafting, <laughs> which can be fun or maybe a little too thrilling. All right. That's all the time we have today. Thanks for listening. Be sure to like, rate and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts.